When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Touchdown! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down, and that is a touchdown, New Orleans! We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome Inside Black and Gold, a winning edition. The Saints coming out on top over the Panthers, 28-6. A game that you could call interesting. Maybe some would call it that. Another would call it some bad football, I guess, for the most part, but... In the end, there were some uh, intriguing plays, some nice touchdowns, uh, big uh, special teams moments. And the best part, Jeff, is in the end now, we're we're at least talking about a victory and not going, oh, woe is me, a four straight loss. Well, so we were going in and this morning we talked about this and kind of my my prediction is, you know, someone asked if they should bet six, uh, the Saints with the six point cushion. And I was like, I, I advised against it, which is why like, hey, don't take my betting advice. I'm not good at it. Like genuinely speaking, like don't take my betting advice. But I, I said, like I don't like it because I have a feeling the scenes are going to win this game. UConn, sorry. Yeah, I can give you UConn betting advice. There you go. Um, but like UConn basketball specifically. That's uh, and men's basketball, not women's basketball. When, when I don't know about 25 point spreads or whatever it is. But like. My my whole reasoning behind that was like I don't like that bet because I have a feeling like the Saints are going to win this game. Like I wasn't worried even during the game. I was like they're not going to lose this game, even as horribly as they were playing. Like, the Panthers are that bad. But you look at it and you're like they're going to win this game, but they're going to do it in a way that everyone's going to feel gross walking out of this building. And that's exactly ding, 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 ding. they covered. I don't think I have ever watched a less satisfying twenty three score victory in my life that I saw today. Um, you know, it's like, like I gave people a hard time about booing <laughs> boo <laughs> boo. If, if that's the offensive performance you're watching, <laughs> go right ahead and boo. I don't have a problem with that. That was gross. The interception before halftime, you know, it was a bizarre one. Like it, <laughs> the last two weeks, Derek Carr has had the ball punched out of his arms by his own offensive lineman. And he has also had a ball get batted down, deflect off a different offensive lineman's head, and bounce right back into the arms of the guy who batted it down. He also threw it right at Derek Brown. So I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't a terrible interception. It's just right, like right. The like that happens throughout the course of a game. Like guys bat the balls down. Typically they don't catch them off a rebound. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna talk about this game 28 to 6. We're gonna get into this segment. We're gonna talk a lot about 
the Eric McCoy, Derek Carr blood feud that apparently went on in the third quarter of that game. Uh, I, you know, I talked to Eric. I talked. I asked Derek about it. DA talked about it. So we're going to get into all of that. We're going to play it all because I know people want to hear about it because it's like one of the only interesting things to talk about coming out of this game other than right, like... Some big drama from the game, exactly. Right. Bad football. And, and the reason I, I wanted to ask everyone individually about it, and I asked them basically the same question, is like when you see something like that happen on the field... The, the initial reaction is going to be like, these guys hate each other, right? It's clear the locker room is broken, this and that. And, you know, whether you believe what they're saying or not, you know, they're kind of, the way they talk about it, it's like, like and Derek literally said this is kind of like, it's kind of like brothers arguing. Like, I've gotten in a fight. You're getting into the worst fights ever with, like, your family members, right? But, like, a, they're still your family members, you know, that sort of thing. That's kind of how they're, they're playing it. And we're going to hear about it. So it, it, that's kind of where they're approaching from. Either way, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, we're going to talk about what didn't work in this segment. Second segment, we're going to talk about what did work, kind of because I think there were outside of the the passing offense in this game. I think there were a lot of positive things, but when you're talking about the Saints right now, it is impossible to disassociate the rest of the team from the anemic passing offense that you see and like the Derek Carr of it all, right? And so, but I do think independent of Derek Carr in this game, there was a lot of good that happened. So we're going to talk about that in the second segment. And we're going to do a mailbag in the final segment. Um, and so if you have questions, comments, get them in there. We'll, we'll talk about it. But this first segment, you know, I do want to get into that fight on the field because it was bizarre, you know, and, and it's funny because earlier this season, you know, back when everything was all sunshine and rainbows in the in the in the in training camp in the preseason, Derek was talking about Eric McCoy, and he said, like, you know, most of the centers I've dealt with are these sore, quote, sore and agitated individuals. But but Eric is always this kind of like upbeat, happy guy, <laughs> and it's honestly well, just kind of in retrospect, it's very funny that that it's it's it was you know like because we've seen Derek have blow ups, we haven't seen really anybody blow up at Derek. <laughs> today that happened and it happens to be the guy that Derek spends all day reaching under his butt you know these are guys who have to be close physically they're close right like that's an interesting it's all that's always a fascinating relationship to me um because it's like he literally it's like this guy has his hand like up your butt all day for three hours for the entire week and now this is the guy who like was like I don't know. It's very funny to me. But like when you saw that, what was your reaction when you saw that? Because I don't know how much they showed of it on TV. But like Eric, it kind of felt like if James Hurst wasn't in Eric's way, there might have been a punch throw. Like that's it wasn't just like arguing. Like there was like you know he was kind of like Eric was like you know doing the you know, yeah. I, it, I it, at, at first, it didn't really strike me until I went back and had to look. You know, hearing about folks talking about it with. Uh, social media, so saw the the video replay there, and yeah, it's you you don't typically see you don't see uh, a guy like Eric McCoy that worked up. He's very mild mannered, the, the gentle giant type. Yeah, right, and that's why it was so bizarre. Um, and so first, let's just hear from Dennis Allen because I think that's just what we'll do. Hear from Dennis Allen, then we'll hear from Derek McCoy. I think Derek, I think I just said Derek McCoy, and then we hear from Derek. <laughs> Let's start. Yeah, Derek, Derek Carr, or Derek McCoy, and Eric Carr. Right. All right. So here, here's DA. Eric and McCoy had an exchange of words. Is it concerning at all that your quarterback's been in a couple of these things on the field? No. Look, it, this is a highly competitive business that we're in. You know, so I don't think anybody gets too sensitive. 
um, you know, guys want to win. Um, and that's really what this is all about. So, um, look, we addressed it. It's, 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 you know, as far as I'm concerned, water under the bridge. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Let's move on. Well, two team captains yelling at each other, want us to be held back. Look, I think I think if you're ever in a highly competitive environment, you know, and things aren't going the way that you want it to go. Yeah, there's sometimes that you get frustrated. You 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 lash out a little bit. Um, I'm glad that both of them, you know, have the balls to at least stand up and fight. You know, what I mean, so, um, you know, th this isn't like a. This isn't like a, you know, I mean, hell, my wife and I argue, you know, it happens. So let's, you know, let's don't make too much of it. So you would say that this is something that is, that, that you've seen before with teammates and team captains? That, look, th these kinds of things, these kinds of things happen on, on the field. Um, they happen on our sideline. They happen on our opponent's sideline. They happen in other NFL games. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, I think that's two highly competitive guys that want to win. Um, yeah, can I finish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just think when you have competitive guys and things aren't going the way that it needs to go, you know, um, you know, guys, guys, they get pissed. You know, and sometimes they express their emotions. And then you get over on the sideline, you calm down, and then you come back out and you, you, you regroup and you go. And that's what we did. I did appreciate the, can I finish? DA get a little fiery, all right. There's some, there's some Kanye, Kanye West vibes going on there. Yes, like, I'm going to yes. let you finish. No, uh, so w before we go on, you know, it, it is, there's, there's two things. One, I call bullshit on the idea that that is just a normal thing that happens, like, Yes, you do have altercations. Yes, you do have arguments and disagreements. They do not typically rise to that level. And when you're talking about a quarterback and a center, two guys who kind of have to be in lockstep and you expect them to typically be on the same page. Like that's a bit more than just, oh, there's a, it's a frustrating environment. That said, he's not wrong in that it does happen. It is not this is not the first time I have seen, you know, a quarterback and a, even a center get into it. And so St. John Butler, he pointed this out, and this is 100% accurate. There was a very, you know, there was a game where Peyton Manning was mic'd up. <laughs> and he and Jeff Saturday got into it on the sideline because Jeff Saturday was like saying, he's like saying, we just run the damn ball. And Peyton was like, just run, just snap the ball. You know, it's like, Those, he's calling plays. And it's hilarious because if you go, you can find it on YouTube because like after about like two minutes of them just going at each other, Peyton goes and sits down with the quarterbacks and he's like, guys, I'm mic'd up. <laughs> and and it's like Derek wasn't mic'd up for this game, but like, for example, like Johnny Hecker was, and I'm fascinated to hear his take after he got wiped out by Nephi Sewell. Um, but who, I don't think he punted in the game after that. I don't know if he physically could have punted either way. Like that's, that's a, that's an aside, but like, I do think that, you know, DA is always going to be like the, the pull your punches type guy. Like he's not going to call anybody out. I do think it's more, it's not as minimal as he's making it out to be, but it's also not like a mission critical issue. The way people are going to pretend it is in terms of no team has ever survived this, right? Like it's, I mean, Pat Mahomes was, was going nuts on the sideline today. Uh, and when the chiefs lost to the bills, right? Like, you know, it's, it is a it the, the truth in it is that there is like a lot of a lot of you know intensity going on and 
and tempers can flare. But you know, but well, what? Yeah, what do you have on that? To, to me, I will say though, like what happened afterwards is pretty vital. Like the team got their shit together and scored a touchdown. Well, right. Like, you know, one thing that we can say is that when Derek gets yelled at or booed, he seems to get better, right? Like uh, the other day he got booed in the first quarter and suddenly he started playing better. Today, Derek or Eric yells at him and he starts playing better. Anyway, um, that is one thing that I'll say for Derek is he doesn't seem to get rattled in those situations. Like he was playing like crap for three quarters of this game, but it, it doesn't seem like those situations get to him. Um, and so I guess that's a positive trait, right? Like, like uh, I, uh, you, anyway, uh, here is, here is um, what Eric McCoy had to say about it. I don't have the video, uh, but this is just audio, so we'll play it. Can you just talk about what happened between you and Derek Carr in the game? Yeah, uh, we just had a disagreement. Um, emotions are high. My emotions were high. His emotions were high about how things have been going through the game. Um, and I lost my cool. So I would like uh, – a public disagreement deserves a public apology. So uh, we talked about it already, person, person to person. But out loud, I would like to say, Derek Carr, I am sorry. I let my emotions get the best of me, and that's not okay. Yeah. I think it was just frustration. He was tired of getting hit. I was tired of getting hit, and it was just I lost my cool. I did. And like I said, Derek Carr, I'm sorry. We're good. I love him. He loves me. We're on the same page. So he didn't say anything to you or anything like that? You just lost your cool? I lost my cool. Eric, not to belabor this point, but, you know, I think when people see that, when people see the center arguing with the quarterback, they're going to say, well, this is just a sign of distrust in the locker room and things are going on in the locker room. And so you would you would say that that's not the case, that this was just something that occurred on the field? Yes. No, no, I don't think there's any distrust in the locker room. Like I said, I love Derek Carr. Derek Carr loves me. Um, we hash things out and we're going to be good going forward. Um, and like I said, I take full responsibility for my actions. It's very unbecoming of me to uh, lose my cool like that. Um, and yeah, we're good. Like we had a kumbaya moment over there in the locker or in the training room. Um, but no, that was me. Gotcha. By the time he came over and sat, I know he sat between you and mm. Caesar on the bench. Mm. Was it kind of just like you know, just having out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just emotions passed. Um, he came over. He apologized. I apologized. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I just say it's not very gentlemanly of me. You know, it's not <laughs> unbecoming. You know, it's very funny. But that's, but that's Eric. That's why, like, like that is Eric's approach. Like, that's how Eric typically is. That's why when you see him, of all people, blow up. And Cesar Ruiz was also, like, pretty fired up about this. You know, um, one thing, like, when I, I, I kind of – I was standing behind them the entire time. Like, like Lynn Bowden comes over and kind of daps him up and says, like, you're good. Alvin comes over and tries to calm him down. Jari Evans, Doug Marone, they're all around him. You know, and, and it took about five to eight minutes. Like, I think Derek was cooling off over there and Eric was cooling off. And then Derek comes over and sits between them. And, you know, they just they just talk, you know. And, like, that's – I was wondering if that was going to happen. That, that, that was my biggest question when I was kind of standing there waiting was, like, is Derek just going to let this ride and go back onto the field as if nothing happened? Hmm. Because it was like, it, it, you were getting pretty close, right? Like it was like not that far away from like the eventual end of this drive, but Derek did go over and, and sit down and talk to him and like, they hashed it out. Like it wasn't anything that like, it's not like they just stopped blocking for him. Like that's, that's you don't want to, you don't want to mess with your linemen, right? Like your linemen have, have your life in their hands on every play. <laughs> um, and I don't think, yeah, I mean, I think Eric kind of made it pretty clear there. Yeah, I mean, um, 
like you mentioned earlier this season, we saw Derek get a, a little emotion, too emotional on the field. And I don't know, maybe that's one of the characteristics of this team. They, they let their emotions get the best of them too many times. Uh, surprisingly, we've seen that, which we haven't in the past. It's usually, we used to have like the guy like CD Deuce causing other teams to have the blowups. And now we've seen our own guys having the blowups. And th- granted, it's not per se a specific opponent giving it to them. It's just in general, they seem to be on the field and I don't know, just uh, hasn't, hasn't been all rainbows and sunshine, as they say. Sure has not. You know, like uh, Kyle Turley comes to mind, like a psycho, right? Like, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it's definitely a thing, um, you know, and so I I, I did want to like give both sides of the, the 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 equation here a chance to answer that same question. So here's what Derek Carr had to say when I asked. You know, I know I'm sorry to belabor this, but you're fine. People see the quarterback in the center arguing yeah. throughout a game on television. It's going to be perceived as this is just something bubbling out of the locker room. This is something that's happening that we are now seeing. Yeah. What would you say to that? And does that perception matter? Um, the perception of it, no, no, that doesn't matter. Um, to to say, I mean, I've always been honest with you guys. To say that there was a problem before, we we had a great week of texting each other and practice and laughing and having fun and all that kind of stuff. So, um, me and Eric have no. No issue. In the moment, something happened. The, the, the reason doesn't matter. Everyone wants to know the reason. Everybody wants to know the why and what. Doesn't matter. We we were both right. We were both wrong. At the same time, we both were like, my bad. He was like, my bad. I was like, my bad. And that was it. And I've done that with my two older brothers probably 50 times in my life. And it happens. Um, but when it, when it's like in a frustrating moment and that kind of happens, it is intensified, as I've learned. Um, you know, because people want to know, oh, no, what's wrong? Um, there, there really is nothing wrong. We had a moment um, that I've, I've had some of those moments in my 10 years a lot of times, you know, with, with a coach, with a teammate, somebody. And just I always learn, you always circle back, you make it right, and you keep going. But that kind of stuff happens all the time at practice. Uh, not saying with me and him, I'm saying just with teammates. That, that stuff happens. Um, and you just make sure you always, you know, circle back, make it right. And we did that. And so um, I love Eric. I love Eric to death. Um, but I, I would be completely honest with you. There's no problem. All love. Well, I do think, like, an argument in a game is not, you know, it depends where it's where it's coming from, right? Like, to me, Eric is is frustrated because the offense sucks. And... It's like, it's not about, you know, like F this guy. It's, you know, like they, everyone wants to win the game. And so like, I don't think like, like there can be healthy arguments, right? Like, it's not like every argument, like, like apathy is worse where it's just like, like, I don't care. And I'm not even going to get worked up because it doesn't matter to me. Like that would, I would have more concern about that than I do about, about these guys kind of fighting with each other if you can't get over that and it becomes this huge block that makes offense not work, then that's a problem. But again, like, like having it out with somebody, usually that will actually help. Like, it's like, there's a reason you go to counseling, right? Like, it's like, you know, like you got to talk through it. But that said, I think we're probably, you know, we've talked about it a lot. We're overplaying it a little bit, but you know what, when we talk about things that didn't work in this game, it was Derek Carr and sputtering Derek Carr. If, If Derek Carr was a car, you know, he, you would have to turn it over three times before it, like, you know, you would have flooded the engine by the end of the first quarter. 
And then you would have to take it to the mechanic and be like, well, what's wrong? And he'd be like, oh, we did, you shouldn't have done that. We got to do this. And then he's like, well, okay, well, we'll by the second half, we'll have this figured out. And that's not, you're not going to, you know, it's like you play the way you did today. You beat the Panthers and nobody else. Like this was a game that you won because you were playing the Panthers and the Panthers have a way of making other teams look a lot better than they are. At least when you look at the final score, what I will say is that there is the one thing the Panthers do well is limit passing games. They don't stop the run. They don't play well in the red zone. They don't keep teams off the scoreboard. They don't get in the end zone. They don't pass the ball. Well, they run the ball reasonably well. But what they do actually do well, they play a shell defense, they have talented corners, talented safeties, and they make life hell on quarterbacks in terms of passing the ball. You got like that doesn't explain away everything that happened in this game. But when you look at the numbers throughout the season, that is something they do well. So I think there's a factor there. The Saints ran the ball well, right? And that'll take it away. I don't think Carr was aggressive enough down the field. There were points that he could have gone for it. I do think that he put a pretty good ball into Chris Olave, and I think it was J.C. Horn made a pretty nice play on that. Like, I don't think there was anything wrong with that throw. I think if you were more aggressive at certain points of this game, this game would have looked a lot different in terms of how satisfied you were coming out of it. I think he put on a pretty good ball to A.T. Perry. I like the idea that you're getting A.T. Perry involved downfield. I think that the trust level there is not where it needs to be and that the, that that red zone mishap against the Falcons definitely did not help. But there was just like people have pointed out in the comments, holding the ball too long, checking down. Like there's points where it's better off to throw the ball into the dirt than to check it down to your running back where he's going to lose eight yards. I think like it's tough because you do want to get Alvin Kamara chances. Like, like it, there is this balance of like, Sometimes it is just you're better off just like just get it to Alvin and let him make a play, but not always, <laughs> right? And there was like today, two, right. two instances in this game where it basically you lost eight yards because you just put your running back in the back. And I think I think Derek played really poorly. And I have a feeling that you know if Derek and he says he's honest, but I don't think he's honest about his own health at times. And I think that his injuries limited him. Not even the concussion. I think the rib injuries limited him more today than he was willing to let on. And you saw that. I think you saw that manifest. I think it's similar to what you saw in week four against the Bucs. This was a very similar game. The difference is you're playing the Panthers. Yeah, that's kind of what I have. Derek Carr didn't work today. And that was and it was a lot more than just that. But I think that, you know, the frustration kind of simmering in the offensive line, it was like, it's like I, the offensive line is like, I don't think we're playing that poorly. But you're getting lit up. And I don't know what to do for you, right? Like, I think that's kind of where that is. To get the ball out, like make a decision. You're a veteran quarterback who can't run. We can't protect you forever. You have to protect yourself. And I think that's where it comes from. And that's where Derek has to be better. And again, again, like, yeah, you want to boo that? I'll boo that all day long. What I, you know, I, I thought the, the, only, the only boo that I will take issue with is the boo at the end of that first drive. <laughs> when it's like, you move the ball down the field, you're not going to score Every time you're not going to get a touchdown every time, but like that was a pretty successful drive that bogged down in the red zone. Um, and it's like, we're booing that <laughs> really now. I'm all for booing the Blake group we missed from 29. <laughs> that was bad, but like, I, I that was the only boo of the day that I was like, man, eh, guys, come on, like, this is a little much. Um, <laughs> They're just but, waiting to boo, yeah, like it, that, that exactly. That's kind of it, just felt like it was like the first thing that goes wrong today, we're gonna boo. Um, and it was like, you got a three and out, 
you drove the field, you got a chip shot field goal. Like that's for, you know, your first drive of the game. Like, you know, it's like your expectations can't be like touchdown or nothing. You know, it's so like that was the only one, but otherwise I was, you know, like, like people think that I'm anti fan now because I, because I'm not like, you know, I think booing just indiscriminately is like kind of unrealistic, but you know, I, I'm all for it. Cause that was brutal to watch in the second and third quarters of that game. I, I think you're actually uh, dead on with Derek Carr being limited somewhat because of shoulder slash ribs, something I, I'm not blaming the concussion at all, but something's clearly wrong with his throwing. Uh, I, I would hope so, at least by what we're seeing, because it's not even just the holding on, on to the ball too long. There's definitely the, the, the off targetness to it. And yeah, there were a couple times, maybe a receiver could have made a play for him. Uh, I just think overall, though, still not impressed with our $150 investment at quarterback. I understand the the, the fans' <laughs> anger and I guess their their discontent of what they've been seeing, but it's not going to change any anytime soon. I'm sorry, it's I, I can't I can't say that 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 benching's coming for a Jameis Winston or they're going to definitely go out and draft that young quarterback. I think they you know they would they might do uh, something like that in the upcoming, but that's. That's still like eons away right now. I, I even laugh when, you know, the Cajun Cannon post games like, oh, we got a great chance of beating the Giants, but I, I don't know about the Rams. I'm like, screw it. I can't even think about the Rams right now. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. This is like the this is not the first time that you've mentioned that you've been meant to say 150 million, but you say 150 dollar investment, and it kind of feels like <laughs> it was like, well, that's what you should have paid because that's the value you're getting right now. Um, yeah, fans would agree with that for sure, right? Yeah. So, I mean, let's move off car. We've talked about car. Like, you know, it's not me trying to protect Derek. Everyone thinks I'm a Derek car stand because like my take is like, you know, like I, I think it's unrealistic and unfair to like treat the guy like he's the devil incarnate. And apparently that makes me a Derek car stand. It's like, no, like, I just think like we can talk about the play on the field. And then also like, you know, we don't have to pretend that he's, you know, like a murderous psychopath that like shouldn't be allowed to to like roam free in society like there's a middle ground that we could probably hit and no so uh, extremes but, one to end to the other you love right. him or you think he's trash right, it's a very darth vaderish kind of situation going on here um <laughs> absolutes only yeah exactly exactly uh glad you got that reference but okay so let's move on there's a couple other things that didn't work i want to talk about them tackling tackling has been gross Atrocious. i mean like it, when's the last? I, I I feel like you can count on one hand the number of times that guys have gotten a ball carrier down, the first person to get to him. It's like what? How is that even pot? Like it's just crazy. Like that Miles Sanders. Right? The only point in this game that I was like, wow, the Saints might lose this game, is when Miles Sanders like jitterbugged his way for forty eight yards down to the one yard line, and thankfully Paulson Adebo decided I'm going to run over there and tackle the guy because no one else seems to be <laughs> able to. And that, I mean, like you could argue that, that that was a huge turning point in the game, just the fact that he got there because they, you know, got a tackle for loss on first down. They got a sack on second down. I think they got a throwaway on third down field goal instead of touchdown. Like, I think the Saints had 14 points on the board at that point. So you're talking about like 14 to 10 versus 14 to six. That's a pretty big difference when you're looking at an offense that can't move the ball. And so much of it is tackling. And like, like I've said this before, it's not only. Like, oh, you give up big gains. It's like you have a chance to make a tackle in the backfield and 
and for for a two yard loss, and instead it's a four yard gain, and it'll go in the stat sheet as a four yard gain, as if like that was a solid play and you limited the damage. But like, really, it's a six yard net gain because you should have had a two yard loss, and that happens constantly. I do think Zach Bond being more involved in the rush finally has helped, but. You know, I do think that that's something that has been an issue. It's continuing to be an issue. And in games when you're not playing the worst team in the NFL, it's going to continue to to get you. And like Bryce Young ran for a bunch of yards again. It's just so frustrating to watch a defense that is otherwise pretty solid continue to just fail in this vitally important part of the game. Yeah, the thing is you see with the the quarterback being able to take off and it wasn't obviously huge yardage Overall, what was it, forty something yards? He ends up with, but I, I feel like it's those, it's the situations in which the quarterback is able to take off and convert. It seems like a third and long every damn time. Yep, I I agree, and it's yeah. There was at least three, like third and eight or third or longer, that were converted by Derek Carr. I'm sorry, by by Bryce Young running. Um, and it's just like guys, we've been over this. We've talked right. about this. over how and many, over. How many times? Yeah. Um, moving on, like this has been a long segment, so we can we can just get through this last one. But Blake Rippy, huh. come on, man. I thought we talked yeah. about this. Just when we thought you were over the groin issue, they cut the guy on the practice squad. Things were looking good. We thought you were fully healthy, ready to roll. You he had gotten some consistency down. We thought, and then man, oh man. What, where was that ball going? Well, so one something that one person pointed out, and I'll have to go back and look, is that it kind of seemed like his left foot, like his plant foot, you know, the turf kind of just collapsed Grabbed on him it. a little bit, and he kind of lost his footing. And I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. But that would at least, you know, because, like, you don't just miss that kick. Like, something happened on your on the operation, right? Like That's, it's yeah. Someone was trying to tell me something went wrong with the hold. I didn't see that though. Well, right. Like there's a re. It's it's like you miss from fifty plus, and you're like, well, okay. Well, that sometimes you just miss right. that kick. You miss from twenty nine. You should and, go home immediately. Yeah, it's like <laughs> here, let's let's listen to Haas. I thought Haas had a good call on it. Okay. Let's listen to that. Twenty nine yards. This will be from the right hash mark for Blake Groupie. Last week was the first week of the year he didn't have a field goal attempt and that one was pull hooked to the left not even close if you play golf you can understand he pull hooked it to the left missed it yeah it was just a duck hook into the woods i hit that drive all the time (laughs) Um, (laughs) but no i do think it's like when you miss that kick it's never like well he just can't kick a football like he literally kicks the football in his sleep. Something went wrong in the operation, but it's like, you. it also just can't be the excuse. You can't miss that kick. The margin for error is so wide. Like, all you gotta do is kick it that way, <laughs> you know? So, um, and it's frustrating because it's not the first time we've seen it. Like, we could say like, well, something went wrong, but like, it's happened before. So, yeah, like, it's just, man, yeah, every time you think he's got it, he's got it, he kind of gets on a rhythm, he gets on a roll, and no, no. Yeah, I'm I'm f- steadily falling off the, the groupie bandwagon, if you want to call it that even. I was hoping, you know, the rookie could maybe get some consistency going, a little confidence, but uh, I just feel like this is kind of who he is at this point. Uh, and I know it's still early on in this young man's career, but 
I don't know. This one, it was freaking bad. Yeah, see, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure. I, I buy that. Like he's a he's a rookie, and that's kind of like the, the inconsistency is just part of it, right? Like There's that's too why many when short you ones we've seen. Well, right, but that's why when you went with the rookie, it was like, why? Because <laughs> that's just something that you have to accept with a rookie kicker. Is they're going to be somewhat inconsistent. Like Young Hui Ku is a great example. Like he got right Chargers from the Chargers. Right. And now he's one of the best kickers in the NFL. But like it's it's very rare that you see a guy be rock solid from day one. Right. Like so just for pre- just for perspective, Blake Rupi is four made field goals away from tying Will Lutz's rookie record for made field goals in a season. Will was 28. Um, Blake is currently at 24. And he's going to get there. He's going to break that record. Um, he's He's been more consistent on kicks from 50-plus. He hasn't missed an extra point. Um, but it's just these kind of moments where you're just like, what the hell? Uh, and you imagine that over time as he get, you know, it's not like he can't make the kicks, right? And so, but but it's frustrating because you've accepted that as your fate right now when you didn't have to, that you are going to live with the ups and downs of a rookie. And that's what you're getting. And so, like, you know, every time you think, like, well, okay, yeah, he's he's got it. He makes five kicks in a row against the Falcons. You're like, okay, yeah, he's figured it out. He's figured it out. But he did make all four PATs, which is longer, which is which are longer than the kick he missed. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. It's like when it's worth three, he gets like, oh no, it's so you know, the pressure too much. No, and that that was something actually post game. You know, we you're talking about it. That wasn't mentioned at all, huh? The the hold snap and the kick on that one, huh? No, I I, I meant to ask, but then we got to the end and they were like one more question, and I was like, well, right. okay, it's not going to be that question. <laughs> like, there's more important questions to ask, and I'll, I'll probably ask about that tomorrow. The problem is like no one's going to have an answer after the game because they have right. he always says we got to look at the tape yeah that's why those post-game press conferences are tough but all right that that's all i have do you have anything else that you wanted to point out before we go move on uh just overall i guess the uh the fan base today we didn't have that over explosion of blue in the stands that it was good to see at least that, that not see the blue i was worried about that yeah, but that's not because they the Panthers fans couldn't come. No, I'm just saying because yeah, Panthers fans aren't traveling to watch this team either. So yeah, yeah, like that's, I mean, I don't, and I don't even. This is the what didn't work segment, but it was like the seats. There were a lot of empty seats. Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's a gross number of empty seats, and like part of it, you know, it's like a five it. and seven team versus right. a one and twelve team. It's like not exactly the best game in the world to go to, right? But you could get tickets for four dollars. <laughs> I was going to say the secondary market, there were $4 tickets to an NFL game. Parking was way more than that, obviously. You can't even get a bottle of water for $5. There you go. Right. I mean, that's a, that's, these are like Pelicans prices right now. Anyway, but yeah, that, that, that was rough. for, you know, the, the, the team, obviously, cause you know, too, when, when things are rocking or rolling, the, the dome's unbelievable and obviously a tough ticket. <laughs> Not, yeah, not so home games left. yeah, right. So you, you got next week, you got the Giants, and then you got the Bucks. I'm sorry, then you got the Falcons in week 18. And so, like, if you get to that point and it's a win, win and in scenario, I expect people will be there. I expect people will get excited again. But, you know, I, it's like there's a lot of apathy right now, and I can't blame people because 
why would you, you know, unless you just have always wanted to go to a Saints game and you can't afford it, typically, <laughs> why would you pick this one? Anyway, so let's round out that segment. We're going to come back. We're going to have a quick what did work segment. Um, I think there were, you know, like people are going to pretend that there were no positives from this game. They're, they're wrong. There, there were good things that happened in this game. A few. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. It's been kind of a marathon segment here. It's basically a podcast of its own. Boom, um, boom, boom. <laughs> but we're gonna come back. We have two more segments because we're in for the duration here. <laughs> Thanks everyone for being here. If you have any questions, comments you want in the mailbag, throw them in the chat, and we'll get to as many as we can in the final segment. Stick around. back on inside black and gold i'm jeff nowak he's steve geller this is the what did work segment of the pod and no Derek carr is not involved in this segment um i I take that back i'm lying because he is somewhat involved because one of the things that did work and it's you know and i feel compelled to talk about it even though like it's gonna annoy some people in the sense that this was a terrible game and everything went poorly whatever red zone efficiency if I if if I'm going to bring it up constantly and say this is a major reason the Saints can't win games is they can't score touchdowns in the red zone. You got to talk won't. about it when it works, right? Alvin Kamara ran for one of them. Jimmy Graham caught one of them. Chris Olave caught one of them. The other one, you know, and and there is a trend here. One of the, when you are stuck at the fringe of the red zone, where you're talking about the 19 yard line, the Saints offense seems to sputter. You they seem to need to get inside the 10, and when they do, they're a lot more efficient. And, you know, say what you want. Like, that's just, you know, when if, if you identify things that work, you do them. Um, and, and so I, I did think that was interesting. But, you know, the last two games, they have scored touchdowns on seven of eight red zone trips, right? The other, the eighth one they didn't score on because they missed the 20 some odd yard field goal. But like, to me, if you're, if you're trying to look for reasons that maybe this Saints team can, can strain together a few wins down the stretch of the season. You have to be able to score touchdowns in the red zone, and they did that today. So in terms of what are the positives you can pull out of this game, to me, that's one of them. Yeah, obviously, well, last game, four for four, now three for four. I agree yeah. with you. We bitch about it all the time about, oh, they're not doing it. But they've rectified that issue at least, so uh, got a point to that. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's – I'm looking at – one guy in particular as maybe being that spark. Is it Jimmy Graham that has been this missing piece in the red zone? Wild. <laughs> Crazy yeah. thought. And, and so, yeah. Well, when I, I, I mean, I noted this and it was like the red zone slash Jimmy Graham, right? <laughs> that catch he had, uh, it wasn't even a touchdown. It was his only catch of the season. That's <laughs> not a touchdown, but it was honestly his best catch of the season of, of the four that he has. Yeah. Uh, and but he just went up. He just did the thing that's like, yeah, he can do that. Why don't we do that? He's so tall. Just look, throw look, it where amazing. he can go get it. He can't <laughs> jump anymore, but he's still six seven. How hard is this? How complicated is this? And thank you. Um, I I mean like it. It's common sense, and it's like. You know, a lot of times, a lot of times you'll hear like, like people yell stuff and they're like, why don't they do this? And why don't they do this? And why don't they do this? Why don't they start Jake Hayner? And you know what? Like, and it's like, guys, it's not realistic. Like you're, you're being a little crazy, like calm down, just pump the brakes. Like there's, 
there's we can talk this out but like one of the things like one of the the fan takes that i'm just like 100 on board with and i have been all season has been like why not use jimmy graham <laughs> it's made no sense and we've seen it work <laughs> and, and like they're it's finally like they're finally like okay fine we'll do it we'll try it you guys get your way <laughs> it, it's just wild to think and, and it's not even the fact that he was playing and just overlooked. He was inactive most of he this was inactive. time. So it, it just really puzzling. And, and to me, if anything, that that might be one of the more damning things coming on coaching right there. Then, I mean, it, I, I think it's it, like, and I've said this: it's a numbers game. At a certain point, he doesn't play sure. special teams, and he's your fourth tight end. It's tough. Um, but when you are as anemic in the red zone as the Saints are. I think it's like you're just going to have to take the hit on special teams and figure it out. Maybe make Jawan Johnson play special teams, right? Like if if that's the reason you can't have this red zone weapon active, figure it out. And I think that's kind of what the Saints have come to terms with over the last several weeks. Today it was like, well, they don't have Taysom Hill. You know, they got a couple injuries and and it's easier. But I, if if they're like if if they come out next week, for example, and everyone's healthy and they're just like, ah, no, Jimmy Graham, it's going to be like. What's, what's going on? <laughs> no. Anyway, um, okay, let's move on. Uh, one other guy that I thought was had a really impressive day, and you know, he's a rookie. He's going to have ups and downs. Uh, Jordan Howden, big time, tackles, eight unassisted tackles, and at least he had a sack. Um, you know, I just think that he's a guy who is every every like I've seen people right he gets burned in coverage and blah 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 but it's like every game he plays the reps he gets he's just going to continue to get better right like he's a rookie and like again like you're talking about Blake Groupie you're going to have rookie struggles every rookie is going to struggle but it's like okay what is the potential what are you building towards and i think with him you see a lot of really positive things and he's he's just all over the field he's making plays um, I think he does need to improve in coverage in terms of, you know, just getting his head around on the ball. And like, you know, if w- with a little more savviness in how he plays some, some of these sets, he's getting interceptions instead of, you know, just knocking the ball down. Right. Like, and that's stuff that comes with time, but in terms of, well, you don't have Marcus may a guy who I don't think was playing well enough. And I think you actually have upgraded to some extent. Right in terms of athleticism and just being able to come up and make a tackle uh, with Jordan Howden. I think that, you know, for, you know, we're talking about a fifth round pick here. Like this is not a no brainer. Yes. Definitely going to make an impact. Like think about guys like Saquon Hampton and like all these safeties yeah. that you drafted in the mid rounds over the last five years who you've never heard of. Right. Like, so to, for him to be making an impact and to be playing well and to have the trust of the coaching staff at this point, I think it's pretty telling. And so when I'm talking about stock up and it's like guys that I am excited to watch play and get better and better, he's one of them. Yeah. He was a dude that seemed to be all over the place today that I guess that's pretty evident with him leading the team in tackles and obviously huge plus for this rookie class that has kind of been a bit of a letdown. Obviously I'm not going to say Brzee has been terrible. He's been okay. Uh, Foskey just really not a factor. Kendra Miller, that's been a huge disappointment. But um, how how didn't somebody I thought that has played at least up to his draft expectation so far? Yeah, Kendra and, and Isaiah. You know, I think it's been more health related than anything else. Yeah, um, I think Kendra has popped when he's gotten the opportunity. 
got to be able to stay on the field. Um, you know, it's funny. You look at it and you say, well, where's the explosive plays in this offense? Kendra Miller has two plays of 30 plus yards this season. Now, that might not sound like a lot, but he's only had like 35 touches. Al, uh, between the other, I don't know, four running backs that you've talked about, right? And that includes Tony Jones. You know, you're talking about 200 something touches and no one has a play of longer than 25 yards. So, you know, if, if nothing else, you get some explosive, uh, you know, ability out of him that you might not see with some of these other guys. Um, he's, he's hit on some screens, you know, like the play he got hurt on was a 31 yard catch and run against the bears. So, you know, I, I think that in the sense of like, why'd you bring him in? What is your, what is the upside for him? If he can stay healthy, I do think you've seen some positive signs, but I agree. It's been disappointing. Um, I think AT you've seen some flashes. I think the, again, it's yeah, inconsistency. It's, about it's, in the class. it's like, you got to trust the guy, especially your wide receiver. Um, but I, I like I like Jordan. I think Jordan's going to have a, a very good career. I don't know if he's you know going to be a Pro Bowl talent, but I think he's going to have a very you know solid career in the NFL. Moving on, one other thing that I really liked from today, and I've been waiting and 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 waiting. I think I've said wait, you know, was that eight nine? I get ten or eleven. Um, the one two punch in the backfield, right we just haven't seen it. We, like he went out and signed Jamal Williams and there was a point. There was a goal in mind. I, and, and today was the first time all season. We've played, we've have a pretty good sample size here that you saw Jamal Williams and Alvin Kamara compliment each other. Not just yes. Alvin have a big day and Jamal steal some carries and rest and give him some rest. Jam, Alvin. Let's see. Alvin had, 12 carries for 56 yards, average 4.7 yards per carry, ran for a touchdown. His long, that was his long run was the touchdown run. Right. It was in the red zone. Uh, it was a nine-yard touchdown run. Then Jamal Williams, 11 carries, 43 yards, 3.9 yards a carry, a long of 12. You know, it's like I don't need Jamal to be, be explosive, but I need him to gain positive yardage. I need him to fall forward. I need his short gains to be two, three yards, not negative two. Um, I need him to be effective in short yardage. I need him to be a guy that you get fourth and in inches and you feel comfortable handing him the ball and saying, go ply your head into the line, big guy, get some yardage, and we'll keep this thing going. Uh, I also want to thank Shy Tuttle for, for for gifting the Saints a first down because apparently that's the he still had one more one more play for the Saints in this game. Um, but like I think the inability to have anything beyond Alvin Kamara running back this year has been limiting. And for an offense that hasn't been dynamic on in the passing game, particularly right now, because you don't have Michael Thomas or Rishi G or Taysom Hill or, you know, like you need that. And especially in this game where the Panthers were going to take away the pass game, they're going to play that shell. They're going to take away the deep balls and say, run the ball. If you can run the ball, you can beat us. And I think the same, you know, the yardage isn't going to jump out of you. Jameis Winston had two two attempts for negative two yards because they gave let him they gave him the the privilege of taking the knees at the end of the game, um, but you know like that's the type of efficient running that if you got every week this team would would win a lot more games uh, than it has. So I'm gonna have that, that like that's that's a positive thing for me. If you can get you know you got four games left, you need to win them. If you can get a effective Jamal Williams over those four games, life's going to be a lot easier for you. 
Yeah, I was I was definitely thrilled too to see him getting you know somewhere with his carries. Usually it was like handoff to Jamal, and it was like all right, a, t- a two yard gain, great, and th- and that was it. He was definitely getting I would say five to eight yard carries a lot more frequently to th- today in this matchup, and uh, it was nice to see. You could tell he was feeling good in the game. You know, the when Chopper style come on the dance cam caught him yeah. uh, dancing on the sideline. And yeah, you just you want to see these players obviously having a good time too. And you you know Jamal is that dude with his personality. We just haven't been able to fully experience it, and that's been a disappointment. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I like Jamal. You know, it's it's like you want to root for Jamal. He's such a right. likable character that it's like it's like just just do something, <laughs> like do something, and, and like we'll Still gotta get him in the end zone for crying out loud. Though, right? like he's not a guy who you. It's like it was like he's the type of player that's like the if you do anything. Fans are going to be like, yes, I like that guy. I want are, him to succeed. <laughs> are we going to get a Jamal touchdown or a Alante Taylor pick first? Which one? Man, that's yeah, tough. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Alante did have some nice tackles in this game. Like we talk about the lack of tackling. I think Alante is a guy who's just the willingness to make a tackle is nice. And he could, he, he's a thumper. When he when he go gets up and uh, to make a tackle, he'll do you it. You can tell he enjoys he, it, right? He's not huge. You have right. You can, he, uh, that's a good way to put it. Like you can tell he's like he wants to put licks on people and you know in legal legally, right? Like not like you know dirty hits, just just big hits and and you know hits that are gonna stop you in your tracks, right? And so you know for a corner who's not you know a bulky dude, I think it's good. Um, Shout out to Alante. Yeah. A few more. Again, we talked about Paulson and Debo, you know, that tackle to save the touchdown. You know, I think that was a huge kind of momentum moment in the game uh, where it looked like the Panthers were, you know, maybe going to make a game of it. Um, he stopped him at the one and the, the, the defense held up forced field goal. He gets a lot of credit there in my book. Isaac Yadam, you know, low key Ike Yadam has had, you know, a mess, a, a monster season, an incredible season. You know, like if he, it, it, you, you're talking about a guy who, if he played, if he started every week, you might be talking about Pro Bowl. Like, he's been that good. He had three passes defensed in this game. Like, he's played so well that they don't, the teams don't throw at him anymore. They tried right, in like, the beginning. Well, right. But he's, but he's played so well. Like, the only, well, you know, one of the only blemishes was the Trey Palmer touchdown against the Bucks, which came after he got an interception and then Adam Prentice fumbled. Like he should have never even been on the field for that to happen. He ended that drive, but then the offense was like, just kidding, get out there. And and then he got beat, but it's like, like hard for me to get mad at Ike for that. And it's like, he's just been that solid. And for a guy who's kind of been a journeyman in the NFL, you know, he was out, he was with the Packers. He was with the giants. He started with the Broncos you know, I just think that he has kind of really found himself as a defense. Like, he's going to be a starter in this league. You know, I don't know with the Saints, right? Like, uh, but, like, he's going to be a guy that, that like, you could maybe even has trade value at this point. Like, he's been that good. Uh, I don't even know. what. Let me let me see. What, what is his contract? Yeah, you say uh, trade value. I get scared with that just because we've seen, especially uh, with this team, obviously, these the corners go down and then need to have these guys – around but I, I feel you it's like if you can get something there's a, there's a lot of holes needed to be filled i'm just kidding he does, he has no trade value because he okay, is on a one-year one million dollar contract <laughs> but he's gonna get paid now I, 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 he's not gonna get a top-end cornerback deal 
decent money, I would think. But you're, you're going to look at the tape from this season. Like Teams are going to go out there and say, we need a cornerback who can cover in man-to-man situations. And you're going to wa- roll back the tape from this season. And like, like I doubt the Saints are going to be able to keep him. Because he's gonna dem- he's gonna get paid, and he's gonna get paid well above CB four money, right? Um, anyway, yeah. uh, I just think for for like yeah, he deserves a lot of credit because he's he's been thrown in these situations and he's delivered time after time after time. Lynn Bowden Jr. Another one for one, sure. One of my favorite players to just watch. Like if you if you're at a game, if you, if you end up at a game, you know, and you, you there's no excuses, you can get there. You know, I'll buy you a ticket. If you really need a ticket, I'll buy it for you. But if you're there, <laughs> do yourself a favor and just kind of like watch Lynn on the sideline and like just like just take, take a couple plays and just watch him because he's just he's constantly just running around, you know, hyping people up like Jameis does this, too. Um, but like like Lynn is just con- like so. There was a play, Chris Alave uh, on the deep ball that, you know, I th- like it was a really nice play by the defensive back. I think it was JC Horn. He got his arm and he dug it out. Um, it, you know, who sprinted down the field to kind of like grab Chris Alave and like pull him up and like be like, yeah, you know, get him next. It, it was Lynn Bowden, right? Like when Eric McCoy came off, like ready to like fight a grizzly bear, you know, <laughs> you know who ran over and like got in his face and was like, yo, okay, come on. We got this. It, it was Lynn Bowden. Right. Like if you glue go guy, like I, exactly, he's a glue guy and he's a guy who just like, I don't even know what his role was to start the year, but like he's returning kicks. He had a really nice day as a returner. Definitely, you know, right. he had a couple really nice plays. Like he, he had four catches. Like he had one in the red zone that kind of, that I think set up Jimmy Graham's touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Like he's just a fun guy to watch. He's just always hyped up. Like if you go through the pictures, like if you go on Getty Images and you look up like all the pictures of the celebrations from the touchdowns, he's always in the background. Like every picture, he is in the background of it, just like ah! you know. And just I don't know. Like again, you talk about Jamal. I really like Lynn Bowden. I root for him. He's a fun guy to watch. Um, and you know, it's he's a guy who just kind of hangs around, and I think people kind of forget he's there. But I, I don't know. Like, I just, it's it's like stock up, whatever. I don't even care. I'm just like, I, I feel like he deserves some credit because like there is value in that. Like there is value in in someone who's just who's just a hype man and can make a play. And how, yeah. how limited yardage was for the Saints, you know, today. He he provided some good field position, obviously, for them, which was much was was needed. No, I think he, he's been he's been a spark plug as a returner. Yeah. Um, I think he's just easy to like. Uh, and so you know, good for him. I, I think he deserves some credit. One other guy, Chris Olave. You know, we, I talked to him after the game. You know, he felt like shit this morning <laughs> when he woke up. Like, he's been sick all week. I, I know, love when you asked him about the flu game, and he was kind of like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. No, he just, like, he, he gutted through it, right? Like, you, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Like, he, he's just kind of miserable out there, but he made some plays that touchdown. You know, it's easy to look at the score and be like, well, yeah, it's just a touchdown and a 22-point win. But at that point, you needed that score. That that score was big. That basically iced the game, and you went and scored another touchdown. But, um, you know, like he took a hit. You know, one of the things that we talked about in the last offseason was he needs to get tougher. He needs to be better in contested catches. And I think that he's done a good job of, of improving in that part of the game. He gutted through it today. 
you know, earlier this season, it's easy to forget. Like there was all this talk about like, oh, he's not a professional. He's he's loafing. He's doing this. Well, the last few weeks, I think he's really stepped up and the yardage won't jump out at you today. Um, but like what with what he played through, I just think he deserves a lot of credit. So I'm I think that like uh, Chris has Chris has earned some a lot of a lot of props over the last few weeks, in my opinion. And to be fair, Jeff, no one's yardage is dumping out today. It's true. <laughs> um you know, the pass rush I thought had a solid day, although I, I hesitate to give anyone credit because apparently like Desmond said on one of the last podcasts, like yes. you just show up, you're gonna get four sacks. And that's what the Saints got today. Shout um, out to Des, right? Yeah. The other the other thing, and this isn't a stock up, but it's just a kind of a weird note, something that doesn't happen very often. There's the blue injury tent on the Saints side of the field never went up. Not once. I, this is the first time all season. I can't remember the last time that's happened. But it was like, man, I, I, at a certain point, I was like, I haven't talked in a while <laughs> on the sideline. And I was like, oh, it's because there hasn't been a single injury to report on. Thankfully, Derek Carr and Derek McCoy got in a fight. It gave me something to talk about. Um, but yeah. That's, no, that's I mean, good because you've been, you've been hanging around. Like, there's been some games I'm just like, man, you're just hanging out with the injury tent looking for something. Oh, man. Yeah. Like the <laughs> like the the Falcons game, right? The Vikings game. I mean, it was just crazy how many how much time I spent creeping on the injury tent. Um, and so for a team that's been hurt and been dealing with a lot of health issues, yeah, I think that's a positive, right? Like you came out of this game and I'm sure you're going to have some guys crop up on the injury report with something or another, but you know, you really can't afford to have a lot more injuries. Like you're, you're, you're real thin right now, particularly at the, at the wide receiver position. And so to get out of this game without any more, you know, major issues on that front is a positive. So that's my, that's the last one. That's my last silver lining whatever but like again you look at this and there are some positives to pull out of it it's not all bad you did win the game 28 to 6 the offense is obviously a huge concern Derek Carr is a huge concern you know like I think you're you're looking at a team that's going to be making pretty significant changes when the season ends but you know it's like you kind of look for okay can you get things going in the right direction so you can at least, you know, it's like if you're if you're going to sit there and be mad that they're not getting a better draft pick, whatever, I think for the city, for the fan base, for the team itself, making a run to the postseason this year would be, I don't know, very positive. And and I'm not going to root against it. And if and if you are, then I'm not then then I'm not. That's you're not my target audience. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. See, see, that's where I'm getting a little, little aggravated with some stuff is like folks want to see the team fail to improve their draft stock because we're not going to do anything in the playoffs anyway. And I'm like, that's a shit ass attitude to have. It's just not why I watch football. Right. Right. Like, um, and it's like, if that's, if that's, if that's your thing, that's fine. You do you, but that's not what I'm going to, that's not how I'm going to approach it. And if that's what you come to this podcast hoping to hear, then I'm sorry, you're going to leave disappointed. But that's just kind of how I am. And and right now you're looking at a team that has won a game. They are six and seven, and they are in a three-way tie for first place in the NFC South. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to convince you that you should be, you know, jumping for joy that the Saints are, you know, keeping their head above water in the worst division in the NFL. I'm not. But that's the reality of the NFC South. And so you just kind of have to take it for what it is. And Hey, you have meaningful football to watch over the last month of the season. Not, there's a lot of teams that can't say that the Panthers have not had meaningful football to watch 
in months. <laughs> so I don't, it's, it kind of is what it is, but that's uh, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend everything is rosy and everything is perfect, but you do have a chance to maybe make something happen. And you know, it's, uh, you know, crazier things have happened. I, I keep seeing, this is in the post game show. I've seen it popping up at the chat. It's like, you know, how, how can you take anything positive from beating a one win team? I, I don't know. Shit. We got the win. We snapped the skid and it's, it's back to at least the positive turn of there's a chance that you can win the division and make the postseason. And yeah, I'm, I am about that too. I'm not about let's, let's pull the tank and try to get the best pick possible. Uh, that that's just not uh, interesting at all. And would not be, uh, anything that you're crazy if you think coaches and players are thinking about draft picks. Well, and I'm also looking at this beyond this season too, where <laughs> even if you do fire a coach or you change your entire offensive staff, you still like these players are still like, you're not going to just delete the roster and start over. This isn't a Madden franchise. So guys like Jordan Howden, <laughs> guys like Chris Olave, right? Like these young players that I want to see play well and improve. Those are the guys I'm going to be watching. Whether you want to see this team succeed or fail, like those are the positives I'm looking for. And it's not a coincidence that those are the ones I pointed to. Anyway, that's it. Anything else you want to point out before we move on? Uh, just, I know you mentioned uh, the the pass rush, the D-line, whatever. I, I, also, shout out to Demario Davis. I don't think he's ever been not in the positive, but man, stock up on that dude. He, he seemed to be one that was all over the place and definitely harassing the quarterback today. Agreed. But all right, let's wrap this up. We'll come back. We'll do a mailbag. Then we'll get the heck out of here. This is Inside Black Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. One more time around the sun. Let's go. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. And we're going to get into the mailbag. I'm Jeff Nowak. This is Steve Geller. We're going to make this reasonably quick because we've been on here forever already. Uh, and here's here's a comment. And I just think this is funny. So West Bank Rick, who, I don't know. Do you live in the West Bank? Or are you just is that just kind of a catchy name? I don't know. Pelicans fan. says, we were not that negative four years ago. And like, I agree with this to an extent. But here's <laughs> the thing. Four years ago, I was arguing with people about like, guys, I think that Drew Brees is still way better than any other option. And I was told he's got a noodle arm. They should fire him. Sean's been drunk for the last four years, and he hasn't been trying, and all he cares about is his house in Florida and this and that. We need a mobile quarterback. But everyone said, like, we need to move on. We need to rebuild. We need to do this. And it's like, I guess, but, like, to pretend that everyone was fine and dandy um it's not true it, there's always something it's always something and it's just like what's better than worse and what's worse <laughs> than better and i just think it's funny that like this the short-term memory it wasn't this bad not, don't get me wrong it wasn't this bad but like trust me all i heard about in 2020 was drew Brees' noodle arm and how they couldn't wait to get a quarterback in here that could throw the ball down the field um uh, you know, it's just kind of funny. Like it's, it's always something, but to pretend that everyone was like, this is the, you know, it's like, Oh, we knew we were in the good old days when they were here. And like, nah, since 2016, absolutely not. Like everyone took for granted that 2017 to 2020 run as if like that was normal. 
And now I think people are realizing that it's like, it's a lot harder to get to than he might've seemed at the time. And turns out they weren't wrong about the noodle arm. He was, he could have been better off throwing with his left hand. Well, I mean, he did have a noodle arm. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the, like, and now we're learning about how bad that injury, how his arm was degrading, you know, it's like, yeah, that's true. But he was still that talented, even with a noodle arm. Um, It's just kind of funny. I just think it's funny because like, I remember having these debates with people like vividly um, about how they're like, Oh, Drew couldn't get it done. He's anyway. I would move on. Right. Yeah. So it is. And it's like, again, it's way worse now. But this is what I was trying to tell people back then was like, guys, it's going to suck. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be mad. And it's like, you could say it's because of Dennis Allen. It's like anybody, no one, there's a reason no one wants to be the quarterback or the coach that replaces the hall of fame quarterback or coach. Cause like whoever replaces Dennis Allen, the bar is going to be so damn low. (laughs) Like think about that. Like, like in order for Dennis Allen to have been successful in this transition, it's like like you're talking about a guy who's been pretty close to 500, right? Like you're going to get to the end of this season. You're probably going to be somewhere around there. Like I think the saints are probably going to go nine and eight, maybe 10 and seven, but most likely nine and eight. Uh, And like, (laughs) you're going to be like, Oh man, the worst thing ever. And then someone's going to come in and go 10 and seven. You're like, finally, (laughs) I knew it. I just think it's funny. Um, but no, I mean, like, trust me, I don't, I'm not happy. I'm not a happy camper right now either, but all right, let's, uh, West Bank, Rick. No, you're not childish. People, I think people took the, took my rant the other day, the, like, to mean, like, I think that, that Saints fans are petulant children. And I, I meant it more in the sense of if you think that booing is going to influence the decision making of the front office, you're wrong because they're going to actively be the adults in the room. And that's how they're going to view the booing. Right. Like, again, I've said this in this podcast, like, go ahead and boo. They're going to play like that. Boo. I, 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 fine. Go ahead. I'm never going to be the guy booing, but do what you got to do because that was brutal. But, you know, I appreciate you. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think a child is for not cheering at all. I, I understand disgruntled fans too. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. It was very quiet. West Bank Rick says he used to call it on WWO, but Bobby would cut him off after five. <laughs> I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, Anyway, okay, let's let's get into more. Chris Pete, how many more games do you think the Saints will win? Um, I think this is an interesting question because the answer is not zero. And so it's like, so the Giants game, like you got to win that game. There's no excuse to not win that game. I put that game in the category of this game today in that like, if you can't go out and win that game, then this team doesn't even deserve to talk about itself as a, as a team that should have ambitions. Like you're just that team. You're a bad team. Uh, if you can't beat Tommy DeVito and the Giants, right? A team that's really not trying because they do have their first round pick. What's crazy is the Giants, obviously a hot team going into Monday night football, could go for could could theoretically win a third straight game and come to New Orleans trying to win their fourth. I know that's mind-blowing, though, at the moment. Who are they playing? Uh, they're playing the Packers. They're going to get their, their shit rocked by the Packers. <laughs> um, but they're home. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it's not going to be a pretty game because Jordan Love is actually playing. You know, I've gotten arguments Jordan with people Love's that Jordan Love better. isn't terrible. Like right? People, I mean, it's like, but it's like, just give him time. Like, that's that's the the one the one of my biggest pet peeves is like if someone's not good right away, and they're it's like they're terrible. Like they don't have a chance. They can't get better, and it's not true. Like, you know, 
Jordan Love, he he I think he had a good start. And then he hit he had struggles. He had a few games where he threw a bunch of interceptions and he wasn't good. His last three, four games has been very good. Um, and that's kind of like you gotta give guys time to be bad. It's it can't all be perfect all the time. If Pat Mahomes started as a rookie, he would not be the Pat Mahomes that you see today. He would have been a struggling rookie. Um, like Bryce Young, he kind of looked like like Zach Wilson back in 2021 to me. He looked shell shocked in oh, that for game. Sure. And like that's why I I'm I've I'm very much a don't always start the rookies because you can ruin their careers and like guys who could have had success don't because they just get kind of derailed before they even start. But how many more games do you think the Saints will win? I'd love to be pie in the sky and say four. If you can beat the Giants, then you know you give yourself a chance. Uh, I think it's more likely they win three. I think they probably win. I, I think they, you know, if you can get on a run, you can win two in a row and you can go out to LA. I think you could probably beat the Rams. I think you could figure out a way. Um, the Rams defense doesn't scare me. Like it's the, it's the good defenses that this team is going to have a hard time beating. I think they beat the Falcons in week 18. I'm worried about the Bucks in week 17. I think you, you, you drop that game and you end up nine and eight. And it's just, and it's a question of, okay, where do the Bucks land in in terms of ten and seven or nine and eight or eight and nine? So I, I would guess three. Um, but I'm a slightly tad more negative, and I think I'll, I'd go five hundred. They go two and two the rest of the way. That's possible. Uh, just because, yeah, just because uh, from what they've showed me, they they're a five hundred team. So that's what I'm guessing they'll end up closing on the way out. Yeah, and it's also tough to project because if you do lose to the Rams and the Bucks. Then week eighteen, you're not going to see a representative effort. Like you're gonna, like I'm not saying they're going to try to lose, but they're. Oh no, right. You know, but you maybe it's a Jake Kaner game. Jake Kaner, there's a possibility. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> because you because you have your own first round pick. That's what I was talking to Deuce about. It was like this morning. It was like you know, it's like if the Saints lose today, it, it's the, the all bets are off. Like it's going to be ugly. But at least you have your first round pick. That's why last year to me was more frustrating than this year. Because not only were you inconsistent, you were handing that pick to the Eagles no matter where it landed. And right, like, and as you saw the the losses mount, the anger just rose in Saints fans. You know the right. fact that you know we don't have this isn't even our damn pick we're getting. Well, right, because you had a chance last year. You were bad enough last year, and early enough in the process, you didn't have Derek Carr. It was Da's first year. You were going to survive it no matter what. Yeah. That you could have potentially lost a couple games down the stretch because you're not necessarily trying to win and ended up with a top 10 pick because that pick would have been better than 10 if you had owned it because you probably would have just been like, you know what, Philly, you can have this one. Right. Oh, Cleveland in the freezing cold pass. (laughs) Like you probably don't win those games unless you haven't, you're not going to tell guys to lose, but, I hear you right. Exactly. Anyway, uh, so I think that's what makes, but that does that is what makes that week eighteen game a little tough to project right now in terms of this question. But I would say three. I, I'm hopeful. You know, and and the thing is, like, if you can go, like, we want to talk about this team like it doesn't have a chance, but there is a scenario where you go into the playoffs on a five game winning streak. <laughs> Man, I want some of those good drugs. Yeah, I know. I, I'm crazy. I don't even <laughs> what am I talking about? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everyone listening. You don't deserve that. Look at uh, that. Awesome. 
West Bank Rick. The crowd was very quiet. Sure was. I ha- I haven't heard intros that's that that quiet since COVID. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Like the only guys who got cheers, Alante Taylor got. And it's kind of funny because you kind of learn the players that people actually care about. Uh, like Alante Taylor got a cheer, Tyron Matthew got a cheer, Cam Jordan got a cheer. Um, I think Paul Paul Debo got a little bit of a cheer. Like not not great, not as but like you could hear people. But like half the defense, it was just like. Like, I don't care about that guy. <laughs> yeah, I think they learned, hey, we're, we're not going to introduce the offense. <laughs> yeah, was, they made a good decision. Um, Demetrius Ramsey says, Steve looks like he's drunk all the time. Well, um, not all the time. Just, I don't know. Just figured you'd want to know. Figured you'd want to know what they're saying about you. I, I only had one for the the podcast, and it's it's been out, and I did not refill because I did not want to get loaded. Eddie Culp says... I'm actually drinking leftover sake from dinner the other night. Okay. So I'm a weirdo. Um, hey, whatever gets the job done. Eddie Culp says Saints would have lost playing any other team today. They're not w- a winning division the way they have played the last four games. You know, I, I, if you if you go and you want to you see a team that the Saints probably could have beat today playing exactly the way they played, I would point you to the Raiders. Yeah. And the Vikings. And I understand that the Saints lost to the Vikings a few weeks ago. This is a different team right now than the one Saints played. Um, but like they're they I think the Saints could have beat the but I, I understand what you're saying. You know, I, I would say there might be two or three, because there are some bad teams in the NFL that you would have still beaten playing the way you played. But I agree with you, like the Saints are not beating the Bucks, they're not beating the Falcons, they're not beating the Rams, they might beat the Giants playing the way they played today. Uh, but it was not good. So I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, you might be able to throw the pats in there, but who knows if, you know, once you got Zappy running the, the controls now. Yeah. The Patriots won this week. Right. They beat right. the Steelers, a team that has something to play for, who is now, you know, you want to talk about disgruntled. Yeah. Losing to the 2-10, and 3-10 and 10 now, Patriots. Trap 504 says, I don't think Carr has been healthy since the Green Bay game. Yeah, I, I, I you're probably right. Uh, I know you're right in terms of the shoulder, in terms of he is still getting work done on that, and it's like he's maintaining it every week. Um, but like again, today was about more than just uh, the, like like oh, the Panthers are a good pass defense, and the the offense didn't have a rhythm. Didn't look right. Uh uh-uh, uh at all. I would I wouldn't say he missed a ton of throws where you were like, well, that clearly is something limiting him. I just think like there was just a mobility part of it. Like he, he's not a mobile guy, but even by those standards, like he couldn't move at all today. Um, and you know, it's like, he it, it, it should get, you know, it should be less and less over time, but yeah. No, unfortunately uh, the, the, the deal with the shoulder, it's going to probably be a, an ongoing issue, obviously uh, week to week, as they say, the, the rib injury though, like how long is that sucker going to take to heal? I can't imagine Taking those pops is is going to help at all. Yeah, it's tough. I, w- I will say I don't think he he took any huge hits today, but yeah, right, he, right. he took enough that you're just like, yeah, it's probably going to be sore. Uh, Tim Fabenro says, "Y'all want to see the highest level of petty? Watch yes. Da send Jameis out for the kneel down." Oh man! And you know, I saw. I, I think it was a. Uh, I think it was TJ. He he tweeted this. Uh, he was like, you know, this is a like a shot at the we want Jameis chance, right? Yeah, and. In most cases, I would be like, no, you're wrong. There's no way. That's not something that happened. Uh, like, DA wouldn't do that. He's not playing that level of chess. Um, but, th- like, Sean would have done that. 
<laughs> and uh, part of me thinks like, oh, it's just random. But I also like, I'm almost like I am pretty sure that that's exactly why he sent Jameis out there. And and honestly, say what you want. I think it's fucking hilarious <laughs> and not because it's like, I like Jameis. I'm not saying like, Oh yeah, the, the Jameis people want Jameis in there, whatever. I think like that's, if you're going to troll troll, right. And you know, I do think it's, it's very funny, but yeah. I, Cause I didn't even notice. I, I didn't notice that Jameis cause I was like getting ready to get on the field. And I was trying to think of the questions to ask Chris Olave and this and that. And like I, the game was right. over, right? It's not like I had to watch to see like, Oh, what's going to happen. And then uh, <laughs> I looked at the stat sheet and I was like, wait, Jameis has two rushes for negative two yards. Weird. And I did, I did think that was very funny. Um, you can go with that for victory formation. Thanks a lot, kid. Well, it's like you see that in basketball, right? Like you see like the like the coach's son gets in at the end of the game, right? For sure. Uh, and <laughs> but I can't see that in the NFL. <laughs> um, but I, anyway, I I I do I, I genuinely do think that it was a petty thing. It was a decision because it's not like it's like oh I don't want to put Derek out there to get him hurt. You know, it wasn't like that last drive against the Bucks. Uh, but yeah. And poor Jameis gets negative stats out of all of it. Right, he loses he loses yardage because of it. Uh, well, one of the funny things too is like, you know, Derek Carr's passing line looks even worse than it was because he had like three plays go for like negative. Like there were pass plays in that game that went for like negative eight yards, multiple. <laughs> so it's like he didn't have a lot of passing yards to begin with. So when you start chopping eight yards off the total, it's like holy crap, it's going down. It's going the wrong way. I think in the third quarter, he might have had negative passing yards. Yeah, that was one. Obviously, you know, you look at the stat sheet and you just see Kamara three negative 11. You're like, what? <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, St. John Butler says, do you think injuries factored heavily into Carr's passing production? Or was this just a subpar performance? A little of both. <laughs> I mean, heavily, I don't know. Um did it factor in? I would say yes. Uh, because right. like even, you know, like I think people have been frustrated with Derek Carr this year, but even by those standards, like you've seen, you've seen much better days than this. Like he had three consecutive 300 yard passing games. Like he's put up yardage. You also, you were, you were limited in terms of your weapons. Like you, you so like that's part of it, right? Like he missed some reads. He missed some throws. He got hit. Um, so I, I don't I don't know. I won't put it all on the health. Like I don't but um like I, I think you're right. I think it's a bit of both. Like I think he didn't play well, and also there was something limiting from the injuries, but it's a good question. He'll never tell you. Let's see, one more good question, and then <laughs> Francisco Pomar says he made Winston Neal because he didn't want to further mess up Carr's stats. <laughs> Come on. You're talking about the negative two rushing yards. You think that's? Yeah, I guess. I guess when you look at Carr's pa- uh, passing yards, and then you'd go, "What negative two rushing? This guy's trash." trash. <laughs> uh, I get maybe it's like in like in NBA games where like they'll hold the ball until the last second and they'll pass it so they don't get the turnover and like the you know. <laughs> I think uh, Rob Perez calls it the ballbonic plague. Very good. It is sad though. I mean, I feel like the after the the Chicago win, there was a lot of negative negativity and anger, and sadly for this one too. And and I I hope that folks enjoy their victory Monday a hell of a lot more than they are post game right now. 
Lehman Park says, I will have my paper bag ready next week. Also, I will draw Jeff's face on it. I am interested to see your interpretation. The nose pretty be pretty big. You got to have the caveman eyebrow, you know, like the caveman forehead. Yeah. Yeah. A little, you know, I got, I got a little baby chin. You know, you got to have the beard that is not maintained whatsoever. So, I, to I'm me, I'm, I'm see, I, I, for that, I get angry because we are way far away from paper bags here, folks. Right. You're six and seven. <laughs> like, like i get it it's frustrating you're six and seven you're not like like you you saw a team today that that should be considering paper bags like right you like, look at what's been the panthers have been growing through and the owner and the leadership over there i i, I have no faith in what's going on with that organization see i don't like this he says no worries i'll make i don't want to look good on the bag I want you to. I want this the, the, the caricature with like the most ridiculous features possible. I want to know it's me. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate I appreciate the uh, the attention. Um, <laughs> let's see. Who that? <laughs> this is funny. I I did think it's funny. Jordan Love is good. He needs reps. Derek Card is bad after fifty million or five million reps. <laughs> <laughs> that's brutal <laughs> yeah that's fair thanks for making me laugh francesco i can't argue i can't argue with that oh oh there was one there was one and uh this this is one that i think is funny so, same for life says watch some of these players will ask out after the season even if they take a hit they want to win this team is garbage where are you going like that's Again, and I started with this. I'm going to finish with this. Look around the NFL and tell me it's like so. It's like what are you going to only play for five teams? Like you're gonna you're gonna be like, well, I won't. I can't play here. Go send me to the Eagles. Send me to the the Cowboys. Send me to the Chiefs. Send me. I mean, the Bills are seven and six, right? Like, send me to the send me to the cold. Send me to the Vikings so I can live in the live in the cold and the wilderness. And be six and seven, you know the same record. So I, like, I think that's overplayed, guys. I really do. This team is frustrating. This team is bad. It's not like these guys are showing up at work and sitting in their locker with their head down, like oh, I'm back again. No, and, and same for life. Followed up here, Jeff, saying you guys are making it sound like the Saints are the 49ers. How? How no, have we made that? How, that is ridiculous to say. Come on, you don't believe that. I here for 90 minutes and told you how much this game sucked. I don't know if I could be more exasperated. But, like, again, we're talking about a 22-point win here. Like, it was not pretty, but I've seen people say they barely beat the Panthers. They won by 22 points. <laughs> Look, you got there the way you got there, but... Like, yeah, it, it wasn't satisfying enough. I know it sucks when a win isn't satisfying enough. I, I agree with that. But like everyone was mad when they beat the Bears by seven. Right. Because they didn't do what they did today. And and people acted like, well, if only you had scored on those possessions in the fourth quarter, then we would be happy. Well, what happened today? You got those possessions and you scored on them. And yet we're still talking about, well, they sucked. It doesn't matter. They only won by 22. I don't know. I, I think, I think, I think you're playing point, an NFL team. At this point, happiness for people is going to be firing Dennis Allen, I think. Yeah, and I get it. I understand it. 
that's think, happiness at this point. You know, and, and I think it's it's like, okay, do you fire Dennis Allen or do you rebuild a lot of the offensive staff? And maybe right. you look at it and say, you hire an up-and-coming offensive coordinator who then could potentially succeed Dennis Allen. Is that the way you go? Or do you tear it all down to the studs? I don't know. But at the end of the day, this season is this season. And we are long past the point where, like, this was probably the game. This is probably the last chance. The tipping point, right. I think that's probably why there's some exasperation from from a subset of people who knew that if Den- if the Saints lost this game, I think there was a pretty yeah not a, not, not a guarantee, but there's a chance like there, there was a chance that you you made some some legitimate staff changes. Uh, you didn't lose this game. You won this game, and so I think from here it's like you're getting to the end of the season. It's the final month. Like you're you're not you know wherever it goes from here, you're just riding it out. Um, and I think that was the idea anyway. Um, but you know, I think that's just kind of where you are, but this idea that there's everyone in the locker room is, is, is just like dying to get out. I don't know. I think, I think they understand where they are. The team understands where they are and they want to, they want to end this thing the right way. And they're going to all pull the same direction. That's, that's, that's my read on it. And whether you believe that or not, whether you think I'm full of shit, you do you, but yeah, he asked the question, answered it. Yeah, I think you know we've talked about it a lot. Obviously, what's it going to take for this team to to do something? It's going to take the off season, one, and two. It's going to take Dennis Allen to not make the postseason. But I am I am more and more convinced, Jeff, that some way there there is going to be changes to this this offensive staff. One way or another, and I don't, I don't know. I can't guarantee that Carmichael is out, but from O line tight ends, like there's a lot of work that needs to be done with this offensive unit, uh, even coaching. I mean, okay, so I, I lied. There's one more that I want to talk about. But it's only because I completely forgot about this, and it's hilarious. Uh, Willie Cameron says, "Da threw a red flag when the Panthers snapped the ball for the next play." That explains why this guy needs to be fired. <laughs> I thought it was funny. It was like, "Da, you can't even challenge, right? What are you doing, man?" And it was like, "What?" I mean, that was pretty obvious. I saw it from uh, like I saw from where I was across the field, which like I guess he's on the same vantage point, but it's like it was pretty clear that Miles Sanders went out of bounds. Like, why are you waiting? Like, at a certain point, you just need to make that call as the head coach. You don't need, you don't have to get someone from upstairs to right, tell why are you down? That that's not like that. That looks pretty clear. Uh, it's like just throw the goddamn flag, man. Well, worst case scenario, you lose a timeout, uh, and you and and in doing so, you get a timeout. Then, <laughs> like, uh, and it was like a third down. It was a big play. And it was a pretty awful spot. Anyway, I just think that was funny because like you saw the red flag go up, but I almost think he threw it too high in the air. Like <laughs> so, the refs didn't see it right away. Like if you like, you gotta just like throw it at the refs' face, <laughs> like, so they can't miss it. It just like kind of like fluttered in the air, and by the time it hit the ground, everyone was like, "Well, they already ran the play, you idiot." Um, I did think that was very funny. Like it's it's not a good reason to hate the coach, but I did think it's like it's it like when you when there's already this level of resentment toward a coach and then you get something like that and it's like what are you like come on man i just think that's funny but that's i don't, just I don't, I don't say like i feel bad for da but i feel like anything the dude does he's just people are, he's on the shit list for a lot of folks yeah 
he can't win. There's no winning. Nah. Um, there's only levels of levels of things that happen. Levels. All right. Keep chopping. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you say we need to keep chopping wood, but what happens when you when you are chopping so much wood that you accidentally miss and cut your leg off? Do you keep chopping then, or do you call an ambulance? <laughs> you keep on chopping. That's what it's. Oh my gosh. All right. This is inside black and gold. This went off the rails several, you know, several we're, minutes ago, but we just continued for some reason because we just can't help ourselves. But all right. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Gell. <laughs> if you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Hit ring the bell on YouTube. Subscribe wherever your podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review. Check out the latest on WWL.com. News notes analysis. Uh, follow me at on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. Steve at Steve Geller WWL. And as always, stay frosty. No, that's not what I say. I say who dat, go Saints. Uh, what you got, Steve? Try and enjoy Victory Monday and be positive, folks. I know it was uh, just the lowly Panthers, but a, I'll take the W and enjoy it, please. Sounds good. All right, be easy, y'all. Peace. Peace.